It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And I'm glad to welcome back a return guest every draft season. He's on multiple times. Really glad to have him because he adds perspective that you don't get from the other draft talking heads. Dives into the data on the draft prospects. He runs a Patreon called All Pro Football Source. You should subscribe if you haven't already. My buddy Jim Coburn. Jim, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing really well. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm just hoping you think the Jets are doing really well. And I want you to tell me the good news, Jim. Tell me that they did well. No, I'm just kidding. I want your honest opinion on how they did in this draft. Let's start with the first pick that they made, number 15 overall, Will McDonald out of Iowa State, the edge rusher. Bit of a surprise. Some people thought he might go a little bit later. A lot of people thought the Jets would go offensive line here. Instead, it's a pass rusher. What does the data tell us about Will McDonald? Well, I got some good news. Will McDonald has decent data in terms of his overall metrics uh, mcdonald scored a, a 60.11 in terms of his solo tackle production 83.90 in terms of sack and the 90.40 in terms of tackle for loss and athleticism wise he has pro bowl athleticism he had a 85.22 out of 100 flexibility score which kind of deals with their balance and bend. you know when people say a guy's bendy uh, they're kind of talking about guys like that, you know, the Nick Bosa's, the Joey Bosa's, those types of guys. So he has all of those athletic traits and production traits you're looking for, but he was a little bit of a reach. Uh, now there is some, there is some good news. Most of the players that tested like him in the first round uh, were guys like Melvin Ingram, Bruce Irvin, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, and Marcus Smith. Of course, Marcus Smith didn't really turn out the best out of that group, but at the same time, McDonald has above average athleticism compared to Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith was more, uh, he didn't have any one thing that really stood out athletically. He was just kind of average, kind of slightly above average athlete. At least you're getting a guy who has that. So in terms of the data, it is a reach. When I evaluate prospects, of course, I'm looking at their EAV score, which is their expected approximate value. I take all the data that I use, production, age, athleticism, arm length, all the stuff everybody talks about every year. Take all that stuff, look at, okay, what leads to more value at the next level? And then you look at, okay, the guys that had those same types of numbers that were drafted in the first round, how did they test? And that's kind of where this kind of goes. So in terms of his draft slot and where he was picked and what he kind of brings to the table, he's a little overvalued is how I would kind of put it. He's a guy that, you know, again, is more of a day two type edge rusher prospect. But in terms of what you get you get a pass rusher you get a guy that can be a starter can contribute so from that aspect i think he's he's going to work out but at the same time it is debatable if there wasn't a better pass rusher you could have taken so that's the only thing about the pick 
Jim, there were a lot of draft analysts who agreed with you in terms of it being a slight reach, although most did agree that Will McDonald is a really good player. The second round, though, not a lot of noise about being a reach. Most people thought it was a really good pick. Joe Tipman, the center out of Wisconsin, who also has the ability to play guard. What does the data tell us about Joe Tipman? Are the draft analysts on point? Was Joe Tipman a really solid value at number 43 overall? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I had him as a first-round talent based on his data, so the data had him as a guy that is more likely to be a first-round center talent. Now, of course, he was kind of injured during the draft process, so you kind of worry about those types of things because he didn't really go through all the tests you're looking for. But he did put up a 94.26 out of 100 speed score, which is excellent for the center position. And he has ridiculous size. You know, this isn't like a six foot two, uh, 300 and you know, 10 pound or 300 pound center. He's a full size center, you know, six foot, uh, you know, and above pretty high in terms of that has decent length as well. So he's a good selection from that perspective. I think he has really great size, good athleticism traits. Uh, even if that 40 yard dash that was projected, isn't completely accurate. It's he's still good. I mean, unless he was just awful, which I doubt, uh, most of the time they underperform by, you know, 10 to, to, you know, 10 to 15 points usually is kind of if they're if they're kind of lying about that kind of stuff. But it, it's a pretty good overall profile for him. And I think he was a good pick in the second round. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Jets had no third round pick, but in the fourth round, they took Carter Warren, the offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Some say they believe he'll be a swing tackle right away and then maybe compete for a starting tackle spot down the line. Joe Noteboom from the Rams, the offensive tackle who also played some guard for them, is the comparison that Brandon Thorne made for Carter Warren. What do the analytics tell us about that selection, Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh? Well, I would say in terms of a comparison, uh, he doesn't really have those same kind of comparisons. Um, He's more of like an average athlete in terms of his athleticism traits, at least from what we know. He didn't really do all the testing that you're looking for in the offseason, but he does have great size measurables. You know, this is somebody who is, you know, above um, six foot five, uh, which is kind of what you're looking for at the tackle position in terms of leverage. Most of the time, the taller a tackle is, uh, the better their high qualityness can be, is kind of how I put it. And that kind of deals with leverage. You know, the bigger, the taller you are, you typically have longer arms, you typically have a bigger frame, those kinds of things. So he has that going for him. But I wouldn't necessarily go through those those other sort of avenues of like projecting them to this guy or that guy. He really could just be an average backup in many ways because there really isn't a whole lot of data to kind of point to he's going to be great, he's going to be great. But at the same time, you've got a fourth rounder who has the size measurables you're looking for, has at least average athleticism traits based on the projected 40-yard dash that we know of. So is it a great pick? Probably not, but it is somebody that I think will contribute, and he's not somebody I think is going to get cut, you know, uh, right away, if that makes any sense. He's somebody who might kind of stick around and be a decent backup kind of guy. The next pick the Jets had was in the fifth round, and it went towards Carter Warren's teammate at Pittsburgh, running back Israel Abanacanda. What does the data tell us about him? I know a lot of Jets fans were really excited about that pick. And, of course, we do know that the last time the Jets had a running back that played his college ball at Pittsburgh, it worked out okay for them. Yeah, it did. Uh, In terms of Israel, he is great in terms of his total offensive mark share production. He had 86. 6.54 out of 100, 
Uh, the only negative to his profile, realistically, is his passing yardage market share production at a 49.68 out of 100, which is average. It doesn't mean that he is going to be a bust in terms of catching the football in the backfield. It's just not something that Pittsburgh really used him that much. You know, they didn't use him that much in the passing game there. Um, so from that perspective, that's kind of the only sort of worry, I guess. Has great touchdown market share. Had a 98.48 in terms of touchdown market share. His uh, strength to schedule adjusted production was 88.20 out of 100. And athleticism-wise, he's a classic explosion speed running back. He doesn't have the best flexibility. He's in that sort of Adrian Peterson, uh, Marshawn Lynch kind of vein where he's not the most flexible back ever, but he has that explosiveness, that speed. So he just kind of bulldozes people, you know, in terms of, you know, getting people off of him. He just kind of hits them hits him out. Derrick Henry's probably another good example of that, you know, in terms of a very explosive, very fast, not the most flexible guy, you know, kind of more of a, you know, upright runner in that kind of perspective. But I mean, he's fantastic, man. I mean, he probably out of all the picks that the Jets drafted this year, he had the most value. He's the most likely to kind of um, over uh, he's, he's, he's a guy who is, is essentially going to be more, impactful compared to where he was drafted at in terms of being a value. So he's just a great value pick. I know you guys already have Brees Hall. Uh, you obviously have other uh, pros- you know, other running backs. You're kind of rotating there a little bit as well. But I think overall it was a good pick because, you know, you got Brees Hall, you got who might be more of a, the receiving back for this team, you know, kind of a big kind of receiving back. And you get Israel can kind of do uh, more of the, you know, kind of run heavy type situation. He might be the main touchdown back, honestly. I mean, he, he was that in college. He was fantastic in that particular area, and he could be that for the Jets. Next up for the Jets was Zaire Barnes, the linebacker out of Western Michigan, who's also a pretty good special teamer. What did the data say about Zaire Barnes? I'm not going to lie. I've read up on him. I've watched a little, but he's not a guy that I watched a ton of film on before the draft. Is he a good value in the sixth round? I would say so. Uh, I think in terms of his um, solo tackle market share production, he had an 87.13 out of 100, which is very good for a linebacker prospect. It's it's not elite, but it's in that sort of Pro Bowl threshold uh, in terms of that. Um, had good athleticism metrics. Had an 87.21 out of 100 in terms of speed, 83.63 in terms of flexibility for his size. And when you add all those things together – and he, again, you're talking about a six-rounder. So you're getting a, a, a linebacker that could potentially be a starting linebacker for you in the sixth round. That's pretty good. I, I mean, in terms of athleticism, the production traits you're looking for, all those kind of factors, he kind of went that late because of his strength of, of schedule and because of his age. You know, he's a little bit older. But all things considered, and especially you mentioned special teams as well, that's the type of guy you want. So again, in terms of being a value pick, a guy that you take, uh, in the sixth round, it could potentially could be a starting linebacker for you, contributes on special team early on. That's a great selection. So I really like him in terms of being a later half selection. But I think he's going to be an all-pro Pro Bowl player. Probably not. But is he going to end up being a very good uh, long-term contributor to starter for the Jets? I definitely think that's a possibility with him. 
After Zaire Barnes, the Jets picked again at the end of the sixth round, and they took Jarek Bernard Converse, the cornerback out of LSU. He also has some safety flexibility, which is good. The Jets could use help at safety, and really it's never a bad thing to have a guy in your secondary who can play multiple positions. My buddy Walter Cherpinski of WalterFootball.com was on the show, and he said he believes that this was one of the Jets' better picks. He had Jarek Bernard Converse going around the fourth round. What is the data tell us does it agree with Walter well it, it kind of disagrees with him I, I think in terms of what you're getting you're getting a great athlete is kind of what you're getting you know he had a 93.49 uh, explosion score 84.73 in terms of speed but production wise 37.51 in terms of solo tackle production which again is out of 100 uh, and then his pass deflection market share production was 13.20 out of 100 which is well below what you want it to be. And in many ways, you want your defensive backs to be getting those pass deflections because it's, it's sort of an indicative indication of their, of their ball skills, you know, their ability to play the football in the air. And those are things that he just didn't really do much at LSU. Now, is he a great athlete? Like I said, yes. He kind of has that sort of ability from that standpoint, has the size measurements you're looking for. But I think when you look at his overall profile, his overall production, his overall uh, athleticism traits and everything kind of together, he kind of went where he was supposed to go. So I don't think he's necessarily a bad value in, in any way, but I think he's definitely somebody who kind of went where you kind of expected a guy like that to go. Final pick for the Jets, and this is one that a lot of people are excited about, Zach Kuntz, the tight end out of Old Dominion that was in the seventh round, pick number 220. The reason why people are so high on this pick is because his athleticism is off the charts. On the relative athletic score, Zach Kuntz scored the highest of any tight end that entered the draft since 1987. It seems like there's a lot of upside there. He's still raw, needs work, but he could be a player in the NFL if the Jets could get him anywhere close to his athletic ceiling. What does the data say? Because we know what the athletic score says, but does the data match the excitement that Jets fans have in terms of Zach Kuntz potentially being a late-round steal? I would say so. Uh, in terms of his production data, not even talking about his athleticism, you know, he was 89-plus percentile in terms of his total you know, offensive market share production. Uh, he had great touchdown market share, 81.33 out of 100. Uh, the only things that were kind of below average with him were his receiving average, so his yards per touch was not the best. His touchdown percentage was not the best. That's basically how many touchdowns he had per touch uh, in that offense. But as an athlete, again, 97.84 in terms of explosiveness, 95.86 in terms of flexibility for his size, great, you know, 87.07 out of 100 in terms of his speed score. And I think when you look at his size traits, because the relative athletic score is not just about his 40-yard dash. It's not just about his, uh, you know, vertical and three-cone. It's about his size. You know, he's six foot seven, 255 pounds with 34-inch arm length and 10 and a quarter inch hand size. Those are the Jimmy Graham type of testing. You know, this is the type of guy that has the same sort of Jimmy Graham-like, uh, just crazy length, crazy size, really hard to kind of defend a guy like that. You know, just like this, he's athletic and he has all this length. He has a size to him. So, so that's what's really impressive about him. Uh, the only things that kind of are down about him is his age. He's a little bit older. Um, he also didn't really play against the toughest competition ever. You know, he wasn't like at Alabama or anything. He was at Old Dominion. So that's definitely going to kind of lower hit him a little bit. But I think in terms of everything considered, 
you could get a guy very similar. When I was doing the data and looked at kind of uh, comparables for him, Dallas Godert from Philadelphia is probably the closest sort of comparison for him in terms of just having his size and good athleticism traits. Didn't really do it very well in terms of his touchdown percentage and his you know receptions per uh, touch, or I should say yards per touch as a receiver. But overall, it's a great pick. I think, again, when you look at the Jets' draft, uh, overall, just kind of you know wrapping everything up, I think it was a good draft. Uh, I scored them out as a 16 out of 32, which is, you know, average. But I think you're going to get a lot of great players on this draft. I think there's a lot of guys that are really going to contribute. And some, again, when you look at that later round area, you know, day three, I think that's where you kind of made your, your money is in terms of that general area, in terms of getting those really great contributors on special teams and, and above. You have the Jets at 16 out of 32, right in the middle of the pack. So what would you have given them if you were going to give a letter grade, something like a C plus or a B minus? Yeah, I'd probably give them about a C. Again, I'm not the biggest letter grade guy. That's the thing. I, I don't like giving grades to guy, to people because eventually everybody just gives everybody A's and B's because they're not trying to get backlash, you know? So I tend to just look at, okay, how did this team perform against 32 teams? That's what you're competing against. Uh, these other 32 teams, and I grade it by three main things. One, their approximate value per pick. So basically how much value they had, the average sort of approximate value of each pick they had, which is adjusted by the round they were drafted. Uh, And then you also look at their total approximate value, which kind of you take all their players in terms of their value, you add it up, you get that rank, and then the value per pick. So you look at all those different things and you add it up to one number to kind of give you who was the best on this pack. So, yeah, I probably give the Jets a C in terms of this draft class. But at the same time, I think in the future, I will have a better sort of uh, a grading range, I guess, in terms of being able to compare multiple draft classes. Because I have the ability to do that right now. It's just a matter of putting in the work to do that. And I think it'll be really exciting once I get uh, the chance to do that, once I do kind of the legwork on that. Jim, any undrafted free agents that the Jets picked up that were notable that you think are worth mentioning and talking about? In terms of the undrafted free agents for the Jets, uh, Trey Dean, the safety from Florida, might be a decent value in terms of his overall data. I think he's very similar to you know the LSU safety that was taken. Uh, but uh, also Tim uh, DeMorat uh, from Fordham. Um, he's a quarterback prospect that actually tests pretty well for his level of competition. Uh, and kind of those types of players. Xavier Gibson, I think, is also a pretty good uh, wide receiver prospect uh, in terms of what they got. But those are kind of the main ones. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement there in terms of UDFAs uh, for them. But I I think those are the guys that I think will kind of stick out the most. You know, I think Trey Dean might end up, you know, making the team if he kind of puts everything together. Uh, And I definitely think Xavier Gibson as well kind of fits that sort of role. Jim League-wide, which teams do you think did the best? Which teams do you think did the worst? And who were some of the best and worst values individually in terms of the players? I would say the best, the top five teams that I have based on my grading system uh, were the Houston Texans at one, uh, the Indianapolis Colts at two, Seattle Seahawks at three, Pittsburgh Steelers at four, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Again, when you look at the talent that they brought in, so how many players they brought in, what the value of those players were, those are, those, that's kind of how that graded out for them. I think all those teams did really well in terms of the value for everything like that. Uh, I think in terms of the worst drafts, uh, the Minnesota Vikings to me were, were the worst draft. 
uh, in terms of value, in terms of what they were able to bring in. It was just not the best in terms of that area. Uh, the 49ers, uh, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Giants also kind of fit into that sort of range. But at the same time, remember that sometimes they just didn't have draft capital. So if you only have four players and those players are just not that great, it's going to kind of hurt you a little bit. And especially if you're picking in the later rounds, because the fact of the matter is fourth, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round picks don't typically hit that much. So you kind of have to take those things into account. Also, when you're talking about teams like the Cleveland Browns uh, and those other types of teams, I think the best pick values in, in this draft class if I was to give like the top, I say just 10, um, Evan Hull from Northwestern for the Colts, I think was a great pick in the fifth round. Um, Anton Harrison is kind of the first round off its tackle. He had top 10, top 15 uh, talent traits for him. And, and, you know, him going at pick 27, I think was a great overall pick for them. Um, John Gaines, the second from UCLA for the Arizona Cardinals is great. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cody Mock from North, North Dakota State, great in terms of that as well. Uh, the Green Bay Packers with Lou Nichols the third uh, in the seventh round, I think was a steal. I think he has a great shot. I know they have running backs there already, but if he gets cut by them, definitely definitely consider picking him up if you need a running back. Uh, Chase Brown for the Bengals, I think was a great overall pick for them as well. Uh, the Jets with Israel, I think was another one of the best value picks in the draft. City South for the Patriots was really great. Osiris Torrance uh, for, for the Bills. Uh, was another great guard prospect for them. And Dylan Horton, uh, the edge for TCU for the Houston Texans, also was a great value pick. Uh, so I think there was a lot of great value picks, but I think those are the ones. And I mentioned a lot of running backs. Again, the most depth in this draft class was at the running back position. Uh, so if if you're taking these, if you're just devaluing the position, letting them fall that far, then you're going to pay a little bit, you know, because you you got a team like the Jets that's going to kind of, make that money, you know, getting that great sort of uh, running back prospect on our team that has, you know, a lot of decent running backs on there already. So I think that's a great sort of value across the board. Jim, any other observations that you had from the three-day process, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, positively and negatively about any of the team's players? Any observations about the Jets overall? Uh, if you're talking about the overall draft, I think the draft pretty much went as far as I thought it was going to go, um, especially with the Jets. I think the Jets... They're kind of sticking to what they like. They like size measurables. You know, they, they like their offensive linemen to be kind of bigger with more length. Uh, their edge rushers, they do like getting those pass rushers in the first round. So that's why the McDonald pick didn't really surprise me that much because I do think they value those things uh, pretty well. Uh, they do value running backs. I mean, this is the third year in a row that they've drafted a running back uh, in, you know, in any round. So, you know, it's, it's, it kind of shows that as well, that they're, you know, they're willing to kind of invest in that position. So they put value in that uh, particular position. Um, and I think they definitely are going, you know, going for the defensive back. So I think in terms of what the Jets are looking for, I think they're in the right sort of area. Again, they kind of reached a little bit in the first round. But again, I, I think overall, when you look at the overall draft class, I think it's fine. You know, I think there's a lot of great players in this draft class. And I think they're, they're, they're good. You know, they could have done a little bit better. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you want coaches to pick players that they believe in. And I think all these players that they, they drafted, I think they, I think based on who they picked, I think they love all these picks. And I think that's a good sign. Jim Coburn of All Pro Football Data. Thanks so much for coming on and reviewing the Jets draft class with me and talking about the rest of the NFL draft and all the other teams and players that were involved. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out your Patreon, where you have all your data posted, follow you on social media. How can they do that? 
Yeah, you can definitely go. You can go to patreon.com slash jcoburn. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter um, at Geometrics as well to get, uh, get the information as well to kind of follow my tweets and stuff like that. And uh, just check, you know, just check that stuff out. And of course, the 2023 NFL Draft Analytics Guide is out. You can get that as a Patreon subscriber on Amazon and on PayHip. So if you go to my Twitter account, you can also check that out as well with 748 plus prospects. And it's it's a lot of information in there. And if you want to know more about the football uh, in terms of the data side of things, definitely check that out. Make sure you check out everything that Jim's doing on his Patreon. Follow him on Twitter as well. And check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under. Luke Grant has some awesome all-22 breakdowns on our channel, including the Jets' top two picks in the draft. Will McDonald, the edge rusher out of Iowa State, who we just talked about with Jim. We also talked about Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. And we've got a video on Zach Kuntz, the tight end from Old Dominion, who Jim agreed could potentially be a late round steal for the Jets. Watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you. Thank you shirt, the play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.